This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Do you know, children's Christmas pageants are always a special part of the Christmas season. You never know what's going to happen. Will they remember their lines? Will they sing out? Will the light guy remember his cues? For the record, I was the light guy, and I didn't remember my cues. I remember the first children's program I ever directed. In fact, I think tonight, tonight was my second program I've ever directed. And so uh, at this rate, my next one will be 2039. I do them about every 13 years. My first was in 2007. I was at Marine Corps Logistics Base in Barstow, California at a chapel there. It was my first duty station. I'd been there for three years and our children's ministry was growing and so I decided I had this great idea that we were going to do a children's pageant, a program. It was going to be on a Sunday morning in the chapel. It wasn't going to be elaborate. I was going to narrate the story and we were going to have children who were going to stand up and just say a verse or two or quote some scripture. And we had one boy. He was five years old. His name was Logan. He was going to play Joseph. He had one line, only one line. He was going to say, after I narrated the verse from Matthew that states, She shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Logan was to stand up and he was to say, For he shall save his people from their sin. That's all he had to do. So I gave my line. And five-year-old Logan stands up and yells as loud as he can, for he shall save his people from his sins. (laughs) So while we had a successful program, I don't think the chaplain did a very good job with theology in that class, or that chapel. In one line, Logan denied the sinless perfection of Jesus. (laughs) It was a couple weeks ago that some of my children learned that Halikalikimaka is not a wise way to say Merry Christmas. It's Hawaii's way of saying Merry Christmas. Some of you are sitting here thinking, that's what that says? (laughs) A few years ago, one of my sons was convinced that a song kept repeating Best Buy over and over when it was really saying Christmas. I'll let you spend the rest of this devotional trying to figure out which song that was. We get things wrong a lot, and most of the times, they're just innocent misunderstandings. A child hears a word in a song, and they repeat it, and whether they hear what they hear, whether it's correct or not, they just say it. It's like the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Did you know that Charles Wesley wrote that song in the 18th century? Wesley, inspired by the sounds of the London church bells while walking to church on Christmas Day, wrote the title poem, Hark about a year after his conversion, and he wrote it to be read on Christmas Day. The poem first appeared in Hymns and Sacred Poems in 1739, but Wesley's version did not begin, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Wesley's original poem began, Hark how all the welkin rings. Glory to the King of Kings. Welkin? What does welkin mean? Welkin's an old English word that simply means the vault of heaven. 
And in Wesley's version, there's not a herald angel, and there certainly is no singing. There is only the welkin, ringing out the glory to the King of Kings. A clear use of Psalm 19, that the heavens declare the glory of God. So that was how the song, well, his poem was originally written. And it stayed that way, welkin and all, until 1753 when George Whitfield decided to take it upon himself to change the words. It was Whitfield who changed the words to what we recognize today. He had two major changes. He changed Wesley's ringing welkin to herald angels singing, and he added the words newborn king. In Whitfield's new version, the poem began, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And Whitfield was quite happy with his upgrade. But Wesley was not in the slightest bit amused. This was probably because it is quite clear he believed that the Bible clearly taught that the herald angels who appeared to the shepherds say their news. They weren't singing it. In fact, Wesley wrote Whitfield that he did not want him, and, he, and I quote here, he said, I don't want to be accountable either for the nonsense or for the doggerel of other men. But guess who we give credit for the carol? Charles Wesley, not George Whitfield. Look in the hymn book. In ours, it's 199. And at Hark the Herald Angels Sing is attributed to Wesley and the tune to a man named Mendelssohn. But Mendelssohn would even be more perplexed and vexed by this whole thing. Felix Mendelssohn, a German composer, died without ever hearing of the hymn. But his music is what we sing the poem to. All Mendelssohn did was write a cantata. In 1840, he wrote a cantata to honor Johann Gutenberg for the 400-year anniversary of the invention of the printing press. What do you do when you want to commemorate someone as extraordinary, something as extraordinary as the printing press? You write a song about it. And that's what he did. However, he realized that once the anniversary had passed, his tune would probably need some new words as songs about type aren't that popular. So Mendelssohn wrote in a letter that he didn't mind whether the words were written, new words were written, just as long as those words weren't religious. He didn't feel his song was worshipful enough. But as happens to all composers, they die. And a few years after his death, someone noticed that the tune could work very well with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and that was that. So for almost 200 years, we've been caroling away, unaware that we are going against the explicit written wishes of both the lyricist and the composer. In Luke 1, Gabriel has just given news to Mary that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary then sings a song which has been known throughout the ages as the Magnificent, which is Latin for, my soul magnifies. I won't recite the whole song. I, don't want, I do want to just share one verse. It's Luke 1, verse 53. Mary says that he, God her Savior, hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. Now, we just finished watching these boys and girls present a play of their, for their search for the, something that was missing at Christmas. In the play, it was baby Jesus. But consider what Mary says. He has filled the hungry. This implies that there was something missing. There was a void to be filled, Hungry, the opposite of full. 
This analogy to food is something I think we can all relate to at this time of year. But this is not physical food. No, we too were missing something. But it was spiritual, something that only God could fill. During the holiday season, there are so many who are trying to celebrate Christmas, but are finding themselves very empty. They try gift giving and getting. They go to parties. They might even say things like, Merry Christmas and peace on earth, goodwill toward men, or happy holidays. But they are, in essence, singing the wrong words and playing the wrong tune. And they may be doing it as innocently as we sing Charles Wesley's famous Christmas carol. Now, for the record, I think Whitfield's alteration is an upgrade. I'm confident Welkin is not a word that's going to come back quickly into our English language. But you know what is even more disheartening? Many are celebrating. Maybe even some of us here this evening are celebrating the season in a way that is against the wishes of our Creator. Celebrating it in a way that is against the wishes of the one whom they claim to be celebrating at this time of year. And we don't even realize it. Now, I'm not saying they are openly defying the Savior that we celebrate, although some do. But many are celebrating Christmas out of religious obligation rather than from a relationship with the King whose birth we are celebrating. Mary rejoiced that God, her Savior, had filled the hungry with good things. Don't go hungry this Christmas. I'm sure most of us won't physically go hungry, but don't go spiritually hungry. Don't make it through this most wonderful time of the year only to realize you're still hungry. Something is still missing, and you celebrated it all wrong against the king's wishes. But blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God can fill your hunger. Do you hunger for him? He, and only he, can fill that which is missing in your life. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the hard work of these boys and girls. In the play, in the story, there was something that was missing. It was a figurine. But Lord, the representation of this is so clear. There's so many who are hungry and searching, and they are still missing out on the reason for this season. Father, I pray that you would help us to take the time to worship you during this time of Christmas so that you might be glorified. It is your birth that we're celebrating. Help us to do it and worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.